Hello, hello. Welcome to the Every Human Heart Podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. In this podcast, we talk a lot about mindset and perspectives and emotions and your inner life. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk about an idiot-proof way to taking charge of your life, or your inner life anyway. And in a nutshell, just to put it up front, front load this episode, an idiot-proof way of taking charge of your life is to learn to manage your emotions. Because you're going to have an emotional response to anything that happens to you. I know that when I've gone through times when I haven't had an emotional response, when I've numbed myself, that was actually a huge signal that I needed to process something that had happened or that was weighing on my mind that I wasn't confronting. But when I get through those moments, inevitably, when you're living fully in your life, you're going to have an emotional response to anything. It could be joy, it could be grief, it could be rage, it could be bliss or pleasure, it could be any of this. But the key to really feeling like you're still in control of your life, despite leaning into this very rich aspect of human life, which is the emotional world, is to not identify with the emotions that you feel. It's to feel them and then find a way to stay not attached to them. And I hesitate to say detached because we don't want to be numb, but it's important to have a certain space or a certain distance from our emotional reactions so that we can start to shape our inner world. Because your inner world is your reality. How does experience work? Stuff happens in the external world. It comes into your brain through your five senses, right? Your eyes, your skin, your nose, all of that is stimulus. And then your brain kind of puts everything together and forms a narrative or a coherent experience. And that's why some philosophers argue that the external world doesn't exist because all you have access to is your sensory experience, is your conscious experience. Maybe we're all brains in a vat, but that is not the point of this episode. The point of this episode is about how we can take control of that texture, that emotional texture of our inner experience. And obviously, we're not going to talk about the great stuff because just lean into the great stuff just enjoy that there's no need to second guess when things are going well but what happens when things start to suck and i recently spent a weekend at my advanced coach training with an amazing crew of professional coaches and on that first day i remember so many of us just being vulnerable and sharing that things are kind of sucky right now you know life is kind of hard A lot of us have competing responsibilities. We have things that compete for our time. We have different goals that we've set for ourselves that we need to meet and stuff like that. And sometimes things just suck. But it's not about running away from the suck. It's about recognizing that something sucks, but not letting it get to you. And in order for you to do that, there are so many things that need to fall into place. The first thing is we need to be aware of what is going on in our inner world. What exactly is it we're feeling and why do we feel that way? It's like that quote that I love 
from Viktor Frankl that I think I've mentioned several times on this podcast. It's about that space between stimulus and response and having the freedom to choose in that space. So it's about not getting carried away with your emotions, but kind of sitting with it and feeling it and naming it, right? That's the emotional awareness bit. And in the process of naming it, we practice emotional literacy. If your emotional language is four words, happy, sad, angry, I don't know what the fourth one is, but if your emotional language is three words, happy, sad, or angry, then there's not much nuance in what you can capture through your language. It's like only painting a world with three colors. That's not as rich as if you had 20 colors to paint a portrait with, if you know what I mean. So when we learn to name our emotions, it's about figuring out what the different textures of these emotions are and then naming them accordingly. Because disappointment feels and tastes and smells different from neglect or feeling neglected. And it feels and smells and tastes different from feeling angry or betrayed. If all we have is a limited vocabulary, it's harder for us to pinpoint what it is that's triggering us and what it is we need to change. You can't come up with a good solution if you don't know what the problem is. Which brings me to the third kind of level of this process, which is emotional intelligence, right? Figuring out how you want to navigate this. Once you've recognized it through emotional awareness and named it with emotional literacy, then we need to practice the intelligence to navigate it. Now that I know that this aspect of the situation is triggering me because it's bringing up past narratives or stories that I used to spin about myself or stories that I'm used to telling myself about myself or about the world, or if it's bringing up certain expectations or standards that we have and we haven't communicated, emotional intelligence helps us figure out Aha, now that I know what the problem is, what is a great solution to it? Is it communicating my needs? Is it rewriting the story in my head? Is it cutting certain people out of my life? What is it? So that's the third stage. It's the part where we start to take control. But in order to get here, we need to do the first two parts. We need to build that space between us and the emotion. We need to name the emotion figure out what they're telling us. They're like signposts, right? Figure out what they're telling us so that we can figure out where we want to go from here. And then the fourth aspect of this, which I don't think is necessarily part of this process, but I think is really helpful in the long run, is to build a certain emotional resilience. Because bad things don't just happen to us once. You know, it doesn't just suck once a week, right? It's almost sometimes like Groundhog Day, it happens again. Like, I can't believe this is happening again. Why? And we need to build a certain resilience to things not going our way. Because life is such that we don't have full control over what happens to us. We don't have full control over what the world decides to do or what the actions of other people bring about for us. So there's an incredible need if you want to thrive and not merely survive, 
to build a certain resilience to the bad stuff that happens. And to build resilience is not to learn to numb. Numbing is the surest way to not get to where you need to go, to not see the emotional tunnel through. What we do need to do is to sit with it and remind ourselves that tomorrow is a brand new day. It's a tough day. It's not a tough life. It may even be a tough season, but it's not a tough life. And you aren't defined by what happens to you. You're defined by the choice you make in response to what happens to you. And that definition doesn't even last all that long because we're evolving continuously. And we're evolving in ways that are even out of our control. You know, when people are around us and they make decisions and they influence the way we think. Or I've recently been reading this book called Burnout. And they talk about co-regulation between, not just between couples and between parent and child, but between everyone that you, you meet. We're influencing each other on like a molecular level, a, a very fundamental psychological level as well. You know, we're constantly evolving. But when you build the resilience, when you choose to influence the evolution, I think that's when you start to really take charge of your life. And sometimes resilience happens when we sit with the things that have happened to us in the past. I had a coaching client and he made this off-the-cuff remark about how, you know, we all have baggage from the past. And it's true. I think we all have baggage from the past and they leave almost imprints on us in our minds and in our hearts. And it's not necessarily the case that we need to drop all the baggage. It's not necessarily the case that we need to detach from what's happened to us in the past because we are who we are because of what we've gone through and how we've moved through and moved past the things that have happened. But I like to think about baggage from the past not so much as like a ball and chain or as rocks in a backpack. It's more like in the days of pre-COVID when we had to travel it's more about figuring out what you want to pack in your suitcase with you. What is it from your past that you would like to take with you? What is useful to put in your bag? And what is useful to leave behind? And what's expired and what's no longer fitting with your life? You get the drift with this metaphor. When we think about taking charge about how we relate to our baggage, it's really about deciding what gets to come with us into the future and what should be left behind. And in that sense, you know, when you travel, baggage is not a bad thing. Baggage actually helps you make the most of your journey wherever you're going. So it's really about reframing how we think about past experiences, about emotional imprints that have been made in our hearts. And as we're thinking about what to put in our bags for the future and what to leave behind, it's super helpful to identify the stuff that hasn't been processed, the stuff that still hurts, the stuff that you feel deep in your gut that you are almost afraid to touch. And now's the time to think about, mm, what do I want to do with that bit of information? Do I want to let it continue to be the elephant in the room? Or do I want to look at it and kind of take a deep breath, embrace myself, but really look at it and think about why I felt the way I felt 
or behave the way I did? Why did I let that person treat me the way they did? What is it about me that I would like to change? What is it that I would like to do differently if something similar were to happen again? What do my past emotional reactions tell me about what's important to me, about what my principles are, about who I am? And in so doing, you get to figure out what other things that will serve my future. If, for example, you've been in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship, as sadly many of us have been, we get to then decide what are the red flags I'll look out for in my future connections so that I can avoid a similar thing happening, right? It's not so much controlling the outcome because people are people and they'll do whatever they want, but it's about putting up the boundaries and the filters that will help you reduce the likelihood of the same thing happening and shorten the duration of suffering if it does happen again. And in taking control, in feeling like you're back in the driver's seat of your life, you'll slowly move out of that sense of resentment and disappointment from the past. But in order to do that, it's so, so vital. It's absolutely essential to sit with that discomfort. And so I would like to leave you with this amazing quote that made me, I think I rewound this podcast episode three times when I heard it. And it's the recent interview that Brene Brown did with Susan David on emotional agility. And in it, Dr. Susan David talks about how discomfort is the price of admission for a meaningful life. That succinct way of putting it, that amazing summary really stopped me in my tracks. Not literally, I was driving, but you know what I mean. Because it is, if you want to fully embrace all that life has to offer, if you want to take charge of all that life has to offer, you first need to sit with the difficult things. You first need to embrace the suck so that you can move through it and not let it define you. So that is what I have for you today. I hope you are well and I hope you are whole in spirit and heart and mind and I hope that you find the courage to sit with the difficult things so that you can move into a better spot so that you can build the emotional intelligence and resilience to take charge of your life. This was Every Human Heart. Join me on Instagram at Every Human Heart. I do hope you'll say hello. I love to hear from you all. And I wish you all the best. See ya.